welcome to the Camden Fringe Pod, a podcast all about the Camden Fringe. Keep listening for a glimpse behind the curtains and to find out how you can get involved in, you guessed it, the Camden Fringe. Hello, I'm Michelle. I'm Zena. Welcome to the Camden Fridge Pod. We're back after a little break. Why did we have a little break, Michelle? Well, we were very, very busy. Oh, that's right. If you remember, we left on a cliffhanger. Um, we had 142 shows registered in our last mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. And the previous episode, we'd had a little wager on how many shows we thought would be registered by the end of May. And what, can you remember what we said? Well, I couldn't remember, obviously. It's a number. Why would I remember that? But I did go back and check. Mm-hmm. And 264. Can you reveal what we are on now? 273. So I think 264 is pretty darn close because it's now, you know, we're a few days into June. We've had a few late registrations. So pretty close. Almost bob on, I'd say. So the headline here is 270 plus shows now available to book at the Camden Fringe. Book, book, book. We have got a festival. I think when we did our first podcast, we had like five. So this is good. It's all going well. But that's what we've been busy doing for the last few weeks. Zena's been hounding people to register their shows. Yeah, I'm so sorry if you're listening to this and I hounded you, but also not sorry. Yeah, I've been writing tweets and posting things on social media, checking everyone's information. Mm-hmm. Checking it twice. Mm, maybe one and a half times. Anyway, well, now we're back. We have some more interviews coming up. Today's is with special agent Cheryl Hayes. She is a performer's agent and we thought it would be quite useful to talk to her about how do you get representation if you're not represented by anybody, what an agent does and um, the best way to get in touch with them. Yeah, all the do's and the don'ts. So pay attention and make notes. Hello, Cheryl. Hello. Could you introduce yourself by telling us a bit about your uh, career history? I can. Hello, I'm Cheryl Hayes. I accidentally fell into agenting straight after graduating with a degree in theology from Durham University. Um, So I was skilled with all sorts sorts of necessary acting know-how not (laughs) but as is often the way with these things I had been given a an office junior role in my uh, university holidays at this agency and got to the end of my degree and funnily enough the job offers weren't rolling in with my theology degree Um, and (laughs) I started back at the agency that I had been working in in my various holidays which is called then the Richard Stone Partnership and thought I will do this until I work out what I want to do next and of course here I am pretty much still so yeah worked in what was then a big agency and quickly realized that I wasn't particularly a fan of sort of Shakespearean tragedy um, and, you know, four hour long monologues at the National and got invited to a recording, the audience members for Joe Brand's TV show at the time, which I think it was called, I want to say, no, it wasn't 
course it wouldn't be called extra slice. It was something cake related. Through the cake hole, was it? Yes, there we go. That would be what it was. Went to that and it, it wasn't that I hadn't seen comedy before, but suddenly went, oh, here we go. This is something that I like. Um, I could spend three hours watching this. And so became more drawn to the lighter side of the agenting world within that company and started then working for my then and now boss, Vivian Claw. And we looked after the radio, the TV comedy, the live comedy. In that agency, we set up a production company called Stone Ranger. And I went to my first Edinburgh festival with them handing out leaflets and again was pretty much instantly hooked I then set up my own agency about 12 years later it come to a point where I, I had small children and had been in one company for the whole time so I set up on my own I ran my own agency for 10 years and then <laughs> probably the, the seeds of doubt of working on my own had been growing but through Covid felt very alone and realised that actually, particularly as, as the world of agenting ha- had changed so significantly in those 20 odd years that I, I wanted to be back part of a bigger organisation. And so found myself 18 months ago back working with Vivian, which is now called Just Vivian Claw. It's not the Richard Stone Partnership anymore. And here I am now. And are you enjoying working with other people again? On record, yes, very much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's for anyone that works at home on their own. I think it has massive benefits, but I'd run out of steam really having to do the promotion that you have to do for yourself as an agent and then on behalf of your clients too, just doing it on my own by myself all the time, you know, as hard as it is for and performers to continually self-promote themselves I feel as agents we have to do the same particularly if we're not part of one of the really big agencies and when you're on your own that's hard to keep doing it's hard to keep reintroducing yourself to the same casting director you've been reintroducing yourself to for 20 years and it's um it's just becoming harder and harder as a solo agent to do that on their own and compete with you know these massive organizations that there are now you've been to edinburgh lots of times i've been to camden fringe too you've seen lots of fringe shows i'm sure you've seen lots of people who are at the very start of their career are you kind of quite interested in talent spotting and picking up people who you think right they've got something i can work with that definitely i think you know the moment you lose that as an agent then you know, the, some of the fun has gone, really, because a good relationship between an agent and a performer, it's a two-way street. And if you start with someone very, very new, that is incredibly fulfilling as you are able to progress that person's career. And that might only be small step. That doesn't mean the end result being selling out the O2 for three years at a time. Uh, you know, it might just be that person's always wanted to have a TV role they never have, or that person's always wanted to have an Edinburgh show or have a Camden show. You know, starting small is incredibly exciting. Um, And particularly now that I'm an old lady, 
you know, I feel like having the experience and then also learning from younger, newer people is also incredibly exciting. I suppose the main question that the people that are listening to this, the Camden Fringers, a lot of them are very young and fresh and some of them are straight out of drama college or things like that. And they're wondering how how do they go about getting representation? So what are the do's and don'ts? I mean, so I get at least 10 emails a day from people asking for representation. And I can easily tell you what not to do. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to start, maybe. And that is, it's really easy to tell when someone has just sent a generic email to every contact they can pick up from Spotlight. It will start with hello or dear sir slash madam or nothing at all. I'm in an agency now with only three other agents. As much as our website does say to send to info at, which is fine, the minute that it is generically addressed, all three of us tend to ignore it. So don't ever send it a weekend because on Monday morning you come into 20,000 emails. The first email you want to get rid of is, is the representation emails. Again, specifically those that clearly have just, you know, sent to all. And if you are already represented, um, whether it be with a co-op or with whoever, never say that you're already represented and look, looking for new representation if you're a massive star already and are looking to change, that's fine. But when you're new, it always, I think, feels really disloyal, both from the performer's point of view and then as agents from our point of view to go, oh, well, fuck off then. I'll, I'll just, I'll take you then. What I would say to do is to do some research. Look at agency websites. Now, I know... That's laborious. I know that, particularly, as I say, with the behemoth agencies that there are, that could take a lot of time. But it's worth thinking about actors or comedians or whatever path it is that you wish to follow. The really big stars that you admire, but also perhaps the smaller stars or other performers that you admire and see who they're by. Have a look at their agent's website, whether it be big or small. See, have they got an absolutely gigantic list? Do they look after people who are starting out? Do they look after people that you're interested in following the same career path as? I mean, I tend to look after comedy writer performers. Uh, Vivian tends to look after the same um, but also presenters and celebrities, for want of a better word. Um, and Nick, who works in our office, solely looks after presenters. But the amount of emails he gets asking for representation from a juggling act, it's a waste of everyone's time. And so spending some time researching the right people to email will pay dividends. Because you might at least, even if it's a no, get a response. Personally, any email that is addressed to me and shows any semblance of having known who else I look after or what I do will get a response. 
even if it's a no, but at least you can tick it off your list sort of thing. Um, but the generic emails just are an irritation. Yeah, I can completely understand that. And is there something that, that should be contained within the email? Do you want to see headshots? Do you want to see a video or a CV? Or are you looking for an invite to a, a live performance? So again, I think it really depends on what avenue you are looking to go down. So if you want to pursue a career at the National, then yes, a link to your Spotlight CV, if you have one. If you are performing at Camden Fringe, for example, an invitation. And I mean, a headshot, not so much. I don't think that's particularly necessary nowadays because we're all such video people. From a comedy cabaret point of view, you know, you may not have a spotlight profile, for example, a link to YouTube. For me, particularly, if, if you thought that I might be the right person for you, then it, I want to see some comedy. I want to see some evidence that you are a writer as well, that you've written your own stuff. So whilst I would, I, I don't think there is a template necessarily to the perfect asking representation. I just think being clever about what you want, what you want from that agent and being relatively specific within then the the body of the email is going to make the person receiving it read it. That makes complete sense. I certainly get wound up when we get emails to dear sir, madam, because it's so, so Victorian as well. Well, quite. Look, I haven't ever been a performer. I, I can only imagine how hard it is and knowing where to start mm-hmm. but from a, a, a Camden Fringe point of view if you've got a show on then that that is the perfect place to start another thing actually thinking about it that I often get is some people inviting me to something happening in two days time I mean I'm, I'm never going to be able to make that similarly asking people right six months oh, I'm going to be doing this in the summer. Well, that's marvellous. Come back to me a little bit nearer the time and we'll see if if I can make it. Probably a month-ish is a good window of time to invite people. People, I guess, have a rough idea of their diary that far in advance. Send it during the week. Don't send it at the weekend Mm -hmm. because it just gets lost in the 100 emails you go into the office with on a Monday morning. How would you feel about daytime events? I think for a lot of agents, it's really helpful because they get some time out of the office. Um, But also, you know, we all have lives. So, yes, daytime is often really useful. Definitely. Uh, Right. Here's a very basic question now. What do agents do for people? Say you've taken on a performer called Zena, who's doing a lady clown show and she's looking to get into doing um, a bit of radio presenting. <laughs> so, yeah. So if what an agent can't promise is that they can definitely do it for you mm-hmm. because uh, I'd still 25 years down the line, there have very rarely been any overnight successes. Now that might be down to me being a bit of a shit agent, but generally there's a lot of hard work on both parts before that overnight success happens. But what an agent will be able to do for you in whichever field it is that you want to progress in is hopefully have those contacts and 
the contacts within the radio world, the Xena, the clown, would hopefully be further ranging than the contacts that Xena the clown had herself. But also I think having an agent is useful because also the radio producers or the TV development people or the casting directors, as an agent, you are a policy control barrier. And so if you have seen something in a person enough to sign them for want of a better word, then that counts for something. Not always, but you might therefore get a meeting with said radio producer, casting director, development producer. And you would then hope, you know, from an acting point of view, agencies will all be signed up to Spotlight and getting, you know, all the casting breakdowns every day. So I think, again, the most part, if you're being suggested by an agent on Spotlight, a casting director who's getting a thousand suggestions for a role is probably going to chuck aside those that are spotlight represented and then look at the agency represented people there are the contacts and then there's the quality control element i think the nice thing about fringe stuff is that it's people going out and making their own work isn't it they're not sitting around waiting for to be cast and waiting for that phone to ring with the magic opportunity they're thinking right I've not got a lot on. Why don't I put my own show on? And I think that's quite an inspiring thing. Definitely. And I think people in the industry, boringly, are quite lazy. And so one of the wonderful things about the Camden Fringe is that for the London-centric people, of which there are still a lot, you're just up the road. And so that's very helpful for people to just go, you know what, I could just go and see that show whatever time of day it is because it's only a quick hop on the tube but also as you say if you are a content creator then chances are you've maybe also got some stuff that you've filmed yourself that you 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 know you've shown your creativity in various different ways and so again from an agent's point of view that's attractive particularly if you're in the comedy world because you have more to sell And from my point of view, you know, I've always gone for people who are writer, performers, more than just an actor. Because in those quiet times, when the phone isn't ringing, when the casting directors aren't taking the bait, if you are able to think of what to do yourself, if you are able to self-promote by taking a show to Camden Fringe, perhaps you're on the circuit, whether it be the sort of, you know, standard comedy circuit, but also the other fringe circuits or cabaret or going, you know, taking part in sketch nights or whatever there is. For me, I feel, well, you've got some shit by, you know, you're a self-starter. You're not waiting for it to happen for you. You're, you're making it happen yourself. Rewinding back, actually, back to things about finding the agent. Tap up your contacts, your your friends that may or may not have agents, the people you meet when you do a Camden show. Ask them who they're represented by. Tell them, oh, I, I met whoever it is. They said, you're a really good agent. I'd really like to be represented by you. But, I mean, flattery will get you everywhere. If you've had a good feedback from a casting director, put that in your email. If you've had really good feedback from the casting director, ask them for recommendations and then put that in your email. Because that all helps. And what about things like an online sort of social 
media presence do you care about that personally not particularly mm-hmm. but more and more it's important um certainly from a television point of view and particularly with newer people if you have a great online following then a channel is going to think okay well you've done some of the work for me so actually it is becoming more important you know, it's an imprecise science. I suppose the more personality you can put into an email from knowing who you're writing to, to knowing what they do, to knowing what you want, the more likely you are to get someone to come and see your show or to respond. Or, you know, there's plenty of times I have to say no to people just because they are quite similar to people I already look after, but I'll keep them on file because I think, oh, you know, come back to me in six months, come back to me in a year, come back me when you've got a show that I can come and see but that's the people that I feel have researched who I am and what I do and have you got any good stock phrases you can share with us for shows that you go and see and people want feedback for and you didn't necessarily super enjoy the show <laughs> that seemed to go down really well nice the audience they were quiet but I could sense they were really enjoying it I quite like, um, that was extraordinary. Extraordinary is a good one. Yes, yeah. Interesting. Thought-provoking. Wow, did, did you enjoy that? <laughs> it, looked like you were, it looked like you were really enjoying it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Cheryl. I hope I've been at all useful. No, absolutely you have. That's really useful. That's okay. what people need well, to hear, you. definitely. Yeah. It's lovely to catch yeah. up. <laughs> so that was Cheryl Hayes from Vivian Claw. Vivian Claw Artist Management. I'm just on their website now. They've got Joe Brand, who was mentioned in the podcast. Oh, lovely Liam from Bake Off. No idea what you're talking about. Susan Cowman. Tony Blackburn. Oh. They got any MPs? No. So thanks for tuning in. You can catch us on social media at Camden Fringe, apart from on Instagram, where we're at the Camden Fringe. You know where else you can catch us? Where? Watching Kenneth Branagh doing King Lear. <laughs> we got some tickets. So exciting. Oh my God. Do you think there'll be a Kenneth Branagh King Lear merchandise? Maybe. Maybe a key ring. Do you think there'll be a blow up Kenneth Branagh? I suspect there <gasps> won't a... be. But I, th- I feel there is a market for one. Big cardboard cut out of him. Uh, thanks for listening if you are Kenneth Branagh get in touch we'll see you next week goodbye bye